and welcome to episode 5 of Heavy Matters, the show where we talk about everything heavy. Follow us at Twitter, at Heavy Matters, and Instagram, which we have set up now, which is heavy underscore matters. So give us a tweet, retweet, or a follow. Uh, shout out, spread the news. Pretty stacked show today. We have snuck in an extra album review. So today we are reviewing the new ones from Trivium, Catatonia, and Malevolence. And our deep cuts is from Raging Speedhorn's self-titled debut, which has got a lot of traction from a few people messaging me, uh, Benny. Sorry, on the other end of the line is my good mate Benny, as always. Benny, how are you, bud? Hello. I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm good. Good. Good to hear. Um, just before we, we started recording this, I, I admit to Benny that I'm a little bit hungover today. We had a few mini glasses of rouge last night, so but I have a little IPA that I'm drinking right now. Sunday, so I'm having an IPA to get me through. So Very nice, mate. Very nice. I'm swigging you here. That's probably me. <laughs> Hopefully, there's no vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, being powered by Yorkshire tea as always. So, oh, uh, lovely. Yeah. Shout out to Yorkshire tea drinkers out there. Yeah, as you said, it's it's fairly stacked show today. Venny snuck in the malevolence. He wanted to review it from the uh, UK Chapel favourites. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get onto that later. Okay, so firstly, um, let's get into the news. So Mayhem, the godfathers of Norwegian black metal, have announced a new tour event that's happening. Um, they're hitting Dublin. I'm very. The reason I'm saying this is news is the fact that it's very optimistic. I think it's in October that they're planning to do this tour. So hopefully it doesn't get cancelled. I missed them on the first round of the Damon tour of their last album. So I'm really looking forward to it. And hopefully I get to see them. Secondly, Ghost Inside have released a, a single called Aftermath. It's off their new album now. The reason this is news is Ghost Inside, tragically, uh, six years ago, had, were in a, a fatal car crash, which two people lost their lives, and the drummer actually lost his leg, and they have brought this song out. Did you listen to it at all, Benny? I've not. I've never been a huge fan. See also our discussions on uh, August Bersrand <laughs> on uh, episode two. But, uh, yeah, to be fair, well played to them. I mean, they've they've literally come through some you know what was a horrific accident and i don't i don't want to use the pun got back on their feet because it's not, <laughs> quite, <laughs> that's not quite right but uh they've got they've got back on the horse and fair play to I, I think resilience is the word benny you're looking for yeah. <laughs> um, no fair play because it was tragic so i said two people lost their lives so uh, and they they were actually due to play london i think this year but postponed so Anyway, good seeing back on the road. The other news, Lamb of God have delayed their album release date. Um, it's the 19th of June now, due to the ongoing... And actually, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, one fan kicked off at Mark Morton saying, you absolute prick, why have you delayed the release? I'm never going to listen to you again. <laughs> like, fans are so fickle, it's sometimes it's ridiculous. Mark Morton uh, attracts a few questionable characters on uh, Twitter, I dare say. <laughs> to be fair, he turned around, I think his response would be, Man, could you imagine if something really seriously happened, how angry you'd be? So he, he nipped that one. In the and then the final bit is not news, but um, important to note, and we, we do it on <clears throat> previous pods as well, is that to support artists during this time, anywhere you can, buy a t-shirt, buy a CD, buy physical. Um, there's Bandcamp. I recently went on Bandcamp and bought a new actual oh, black metal album. So support the artists. If you can't afford to do it and that's that's fine like these are challenging times then tell a mate or just get them listening on spotify streaming a bit um just to support the artist benny anything to add on that likewise and i've similarly renewed my metal hammer magazine subscription i've recently started pledging for another podcast on patreon so i think i think you've just got to do what you've got to do to help help artists and also you know the affiliated press and support the artist um in these pretty difficult yeah, well said. Uh, so support support the bands you love is is the message, really. Venny, I didn't tell you this before we move on to um, our first trivia review. We have a, a question that came in directly to my, oh. my Twitter, and it's oh. directed at you. And the question is, Venny, can you recommend any bedtime listening other than Crowbar? <laughs> <laughs> I only exclusively listen to Crowbar after the hours of 10. And uh, it lulls me into a sweet sleep. But, uh, <laughs> anything on the uh, more punishing end of the spectrum, a bit of neurosis often goes down well at, at bedtime. Some ulcerate, I think, will be uh, will be great bedtime listening. 
What astounds me about you, Vin, is you listen to black metal going to sleep. You must be one of the only people that can nod <laughs> off to vicious riffs and growling like that. I know. I, I actually don't find it's one of the nicest times to listen to music because you can switch off all other senses and just concentrate on listening to the music. And uh, it's, some, it's the time I enjoy listening to music the most. I, I only feel for my long-suffering wife who has uh, <laughs> had relentless extreme metal played uh, at, be- at bedtime since since she's known me so. yeah i remember what once having uh, 1349 playing on when i was asl- i fell asleep and the wife came up she disgusted she had to turn it off <laughs> anyway that was a, a little question for any that came directly to my mailbox so we'll... i can imagine who it's from <laughs> do you want to join <laughs> it may also have come from the other side of the world as <laughs> well <laughs> the same person who requested our cuts this week the fiends sliding into my DMs like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lad. All right, let's move on. Okay, we're going to look at Trivium's latest album, uh, What the Dead Men Say. It's album number nine for the Flor- Floridians. I think I've made, I've claimed that as a word now, Floridians. Um, they are metalcore, thrash, death metal, everything thrown into one, produced by Josh Wilbur, who Matt Heafy claimed recently is their fifth member. They've, they've gone through a few producers, most notably was David Draymond <coughs> on Vengeance Falls, and I think they've got a very solid outfit now with Josh producing this. Venny, Trivium, yes, no, fan, yes, no? Good question. I, um, I've dipped in and out, to be honest, over the years. I liked, obviously, like most people, I like their very early stuff, their first release, and zoned out for a number of years uh, through some of those middling releases like you've mentioned but really got got back into Trivium on their last album The Sin and Sentence which was a true return to form I went to see them on the Metal Hammer sponsored tour which also had such a, a really strong undercard of Code Orange Power Trip and Venom Prison yeah and I mostly bought the ticket to see the the support acts but stayed for Trivium and was really really pleasantly surprised at what professional outfit what good show they put on what great sound and the new songs as i say from that last album sounded great so that's got me back involved and to be honest they've had a tough time over the years i'm sure we'll go on to talk about where they were heralded as the next big metal band that heirs apparent to metallica and for whatever reason that fell away so yeah the last album is a real return to form and i think from their point of fans like us are exactly the kind of people that they need and want to get on board if they are to make that next step up so right back at you what's your relationship with trivium this album has been heralded as their their return to form my my obvious one where i got into trivium was ascendancy and i would say most people who are into Trivium, that's where they got started. That album really, like you said, was put them on the pedestal to be the next Metallica. Um, I absolutely love the album. It's uh, one of those back to front where every track is an absolute banger. So that's my exposure. I sort of lost, not interest, but sort of after Ascendancy, when they went on to Chauvin Crusade, I didn't really start listening to them again. I must admit, until, like you said, The Sin in the Sentence. I did listen to Vengeance Falls. I wasn't a fan. Silence in the Snow, I actually listened to the other day for listening to this new album. It's not great, but I think, as you said, as a band, as a live band, I, I watched them actually on the download set, and they absolutely commanded that stage, and everyone was having such a lovely time. And the songs are apps. They've got a great cat- back catalogue now. They can pull on, um, you know, like Ascendancy, Sin and Sentence, some Ember to Inferno stuff. I'm, I'm a fan of them. I wouldn't say I'm a big fan. I wouldn't necessarily wake up and throw trivium on in the morning yeah i agree i and going back to some of the things we've talked about in previous pods where we are looking for the next big bands to step up we've talked about nightwish we've talked about other bands claiming that vaunted headliner slot second stage headliner slot download and for me trivium would be another one who probably through through a couple of career missteps have never been in the reckoning for that but if they are to continue to build, they could potentially get there. And for me, again, whilst they may not be my favourite band, I would I would for sure really like to see them attain that status. And if you were to have a torchbearer for metal as, as a general scene, I'd much rather Trivium than, say, a five-finger death. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, you're going to see five-finger headline over Trivium 
at, at any point. I think I don't know if the boat is necessarily sailed for Trivium as headliners. I think if they have a good strong run with their next two albums, perhaps then they could be back in the reckoning. They, as we said, they were on line to be the next Metallica. I think the ship sailed after they made that four sort of three or four album run. But I mean, they're definitely second stage headliners. They're that size for sure. They played main stage. It's such a shame for bands like that. You can bunch a few bands in that category, like Killswitch. You can bunch yeah. maybe even Machine Head. Bunch of bands like Corn, and they were just came at a bad time, and they slightly have missed the boat. And for them to scrape their way back to the top, it seems just insurmountable. But like, I'd like to think that putting out two or three decent albums on the trot rebuilding your following with decent tours that you can get there again and like like we've said many times we are going to run out of those uh we oh, are going to run out of those heavy bands so so we do need newer bands to come in there yeah yeah absolutely should we should we go into the album Benny? how many times have you listened to this came out on friday we're recording sunday i've listened to it four or five times okay and does it get better for you every time you listen to it for sure I every album I think these days needs two or three proper, properly judged an album. Um, I won't lie, the first spin after hearing all the hype, I was a bit deflated, uh, as it were. Then the second and third time, uh, and even now on the fourth time, I'm sort of just throwing it on as background. Uh, you know when I'm doing the cleaner or something like that, and it is very catchy, isn't it? It's very hooky. This album, they're well known for their hooks uh catchy songs and sing-along anthems which first well the title track what dead men say <laughs> there's some they've gone down some gorgira guitar picking in, scrapes in there haven't they yeah they have what's what what did you think of what dead men say i i'll have i have something i want to come back to on this so go on you go first it's pretty well known it's pretty well publicized and matt heafy has got a lot of influence he he has a broad palette in terms of music he listens to and reps to just, just to give an example, he was repping Conjurer a year or so ago. So he, he has a, a wide palette. And I think you can really hear that in this album. All of these more underground or extreme metal influences he's trying to bring to a more co- commercial uh, medium. And I think he does really well with that. And, and you can hear it straight from the outset of this album, including that first track, What Dead Men Say. You can hear those extreme metal influences albeit toned down for a, a wider audience can hear those yes and that was the point i wanted to get back to i i think what they've done is the first two tracks what dead men say and Catastro- catastrophist yeah are very accessible and open to you know their their sing-along catchy songs and when you get onto the second part of the album that's when it really interested me and what it reminded me of was maiden albums these days we've discussed this off air that maiden always do they get their singles out of the way first, and then it it gets interesting after that. So Book of Souls, for example, Speed of Light, once that's out of the way, then you get into like the red and the black, and that stuff is really, really proper metal for me. I think what Dead Men Say and the Catastrophist, they put them at the start, and then the second, or sorry, the remainder of the album is when it gets more interesting for me. Is, do you think that's a fair assessment? The only thing I would say is those two songs are heavy enough, you know. They are not shrinking violets those songs they have got really heavy parts to them i catastrophist i really like as a song i think it's got really catchy chorus which you, you've alluded to but a really quite heavy bridge with they, they've got pounding double bass got it's really good yeah when it kind of drops into a tremolo pick at about four minute mark and then it slips back into the original riff and i really like the way they've done that so i, I think i agree those are two of the singles that they put out and they are two of the more accessible songs, but I think they are heavy enough, and I think it would be wrong to say they've just put out a couple of pop singles to start. They are they're pretty heavy heavy tracks for a, what is a commercial commercially minded metal. Act. Yeah, I I see where you're coming from. I I slightly disagree when we go on to the next track, which is uh, amongst shattered stones, because that is heavy 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 and that's why i said i think they got the more accessible tracks out of the way i think amongst the shadows and stones on the first listen you know when you go through the album you don't really pick up stuff the second time i was like jesus christ this amongst shadows and stones i'm gonna throw it out there could be one of my songs of the year so far i've highlighted it as my favorite track on the album i think yeah. it's great i love the way it opens with that he alone singing calling the song in with quite a fast riff 
and uh, I, I enjoyed the, the lyrics on there. Again, for quite a commercial band, they're referencing bloody corpses, which I quite enjoy. <laughs> this, this highlights what Trivia know about for me. It's got the Matt Heafy screams, especially when he sings the, the lyrics for the track name. The dueling guitars, Maiden-esque, is all over this. I, I think this song is absolutely brilliant. I would love to see this live. I think you could probably take what Dead Men Say, Catastrophist, and Amongst the Shadows and play them back to back, and no one would have any complaints, I don't think. Yeah, no, that was a real strength of the last album, the Cinema Sentence, in that they played a lot live. And like you say, they've got a really strong back catalogue, including tracks like In Waves from albums that themselves weren't so strong. But the fans didn't complain about those new tracks being played. If anything, they were greeted like old friends. So I think it bodes really well for their sets for upcoming. Yeah, yeah. Was there any other tracks that stood out for you? Um... Yeah, I mean, leading directly on from... Amongst the Shadow and Stones, for me, it takes a little bit of a dip. Yes. The two tracks following that, they're a bit slower, they're a bit more melodic. The heavier elements are stripped out a little bit. And that, to be fair, that's quite classic Trivium. They often do have tracks like this on it, on every album they've done. I'm not necessarily sure if I had to boot out one or two of the tracks, it'd probably be these two. Yeah. I think they've, sorry, I think they've gone a bit too far, Trivium, for my, for my liking. They, they did... In Ascendancies, they had like Light to Flies, which was a good breakup track in there. I think this one, as you said, when you go from Amongst the Shadows Stones into a track like Defiant, yeah. I, I'd like to see him carry momentum from... Um, yeah, the, I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. I mean, these are classic Trivium songs, and they do tend to do tracks like... They do have super melodic choruses, and I do think they do enjoy those in the live setting of these kind of crowd sing-along choruses. So... I could see those tracks creeping into a live set too, but for me, you know, not so much. Yeah. I, there's some, if we carry on with the track list, Sickness Unto You, I actually think this is quite a heavy track as well. It's got yeah. blast beats on it. There's even little hints of black metal on there that I noticed, which obviously Matt Heafy is not averse to. Good pals with Ishan from Emperor. What, you know, they've got breakdowns in these songs, that Sickness breakdown's huge in it. Then Scattering the Ashes... What Trivium do quite well, and I don't know whether they purposely do this, is I always find the second half of Trivium tracks really interesting me more. I find like some of them start off really slow and melodic, and then they get into halfway where they have this bass slapping around and like a proper hand clapping, and then it gets really heavy. That's what I love about Trivium is they they have a good blend of both worlds. Yeah, I think that's right. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think they are technically very proficient, all of them. And I think they do come up with some really interesting stuff. But like you say, it's packaged up in a way to make it accessible for most people. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It is. It, it's a classic heavy metal album, isn't it, really? I, I, I don't think the, these days you can put Trivium into any particular sub-genre of metal. They have influence from everywhere. It's just a heavy metal album. And now, look, sorry, this is a very good album. I'm not knocking it at all. There's some tracks that I don't think should be in there, but it is a very good album for heavy metal fans. And we'll go on to this now, Ben. How good is this album for you in a whole? Yeah, I think it's really good. I, as I say, I've said a couple of times, I really enjoyed the last album. And the worry with Trivium is they the next album after a good one, they drop off significantly or they overthink it or they try and put too much melodic stuff in and they just fuck it up, basically. So... I think this is a really strong follow-up sending sentence. So yeah, I I think it's really good, and it's four four to six minutes. I think that's good good length of time for a commercial metal album. And um, even the tracks that I've been slightly negative about, I don't think are bad tracks. Just think, um, like you say, it drops in momentum a little. Yeah, as as a tr- I purposely asked you as an album, but now as a Trivium album, where does it stand for them? I really like it. I would put this in the upper echelons of their release maybe not quite hitting the heights of sin sentence or ascendancy wow. or shogun but but certainly up there certainly at the business end that's interesting because some um reviews have put this really high up into the eight and nines i personally don't think it's up there i think it's very good i think if you ask me where to put it in the the, the back catalog i would say it's up there ascendancy is not and then probably sin the sentence and then maybe maybe this there it's a solid album solid album and i think live will be really good to see these tracks yes yeah, josh wilbur produced it I, I touched on it before they've had a few 
not issues, but struggles, if you will, with producers. As I said, Dave Draymond did it on Vengeance Falls, and that wasn't great. And I think Josh Wilbur now has really nailed this on for them. As I said, Matt Heafy calls him their fifth member. They do all the stuff. I don't know. It's something I don't know. Did he do the last one as well? I think he did, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes I, sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly, because Sin in the Sentence was so such a good album that to bring him back on and just a shout as well to alex bent on the drums this is his second second time so he's been feeling alive for a while but this is a very strong effort from him very strong he doesn't even seem out of place and even the lads in trivium have shouted out and saying you know it sounds uh, cliche but he really has brought a new fire back into him into the band and paolo the bassist called that out as well and it's, it is it, yeah. it really is the drumming on it is is exceptional so I mean, the standout track for me, Benny, is uh, Amongst Shards and Stones. Same for you. Yes, please. Yes, please. What are you giving it? What are you giving it, Ben? I, I think I'm maybe even a bit more positive about it than you. I, I think it's a really strong follow-up. I think they need to keep up ahead of steam, and they have done. I'm giving it 8 out of 10. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you caught me a bit off guard. <laughs> I can tell. I was expecting that. Let's edit that silence out. Um, I... <laughs> Yeah, look, I'm, for now I'm giving it a seven out of ten. I, I, I will, we'll go back and listen to this definitely, and it may go up a few more listens. But for now, it's not a bad album. It is a great album, but it's just it's it's sitting there for a seven for me at the moment. And yeah, Fenny, Fenny, giving it an eight. That is, uh, I, I think it's the highest you've given an album, is it so far? Uh, I think I gave Igor an eight. I think I may have given Iris an eight. Quite yeah. like the I bands. Uh, um i'm making an exception for a t-band yeah i think to be fair like you've said a lot of it's been reviewed very well and um i've seen nine out of ten reviews given for it so yeah i think eight is even a bit conservative to be honest but wow that is uh yeah you have shot me i'm speechless i wish you would sorry (laughs) (laughs) Um, for fans of this have you got any for fans of yeah um metallica slipknot machine head any that really yeah like you've said they've morphed into very much uh straight down the line heavy metal band what i i've added in silosis as as a similar yeah quite traditional metal band to um we do do a bit more progressive leaning and to be fair in terms of anyone listening if you if you like five finger death i would say give trivium a try because they are for me a, a natural progression if you like that fair if you like Five Finger Death Punch. Trivium, yeah, like I say, it, it leads very nicely into yeah. listening to a Trivium album. You might really dig it. Gateway drug onto harder yeah. stuff. Okay, um, anyway, that's Trivium, uh, What the Dead Men Say. Check it out. It is on all streaming platforms now. Enjoy. And on to our next one, Benny. I'm looking forward to this. It is Catatonia, not Catatonia with a C. Let's nip that in the bud right now. All right. <laughs> Every- yeah, my wife. My wife did question whether, why we we're reviewing Karis Matthews' latest focus <laughs> on heavy matters. But, I can yeah, let's nip that in the bud, like you say. I can already say we will never review that album on this podcast. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Catatonia's Vote of a K, the Gothenburg melodic rock metal band. Uh, it's their 11th album, City Burials. They are back after they went on hiatus. This, for me, was very exciting, Benny. I've been a big fan of Catatonia for a long time. You texted me a couple of months ago and said, Catatonia, point me in the right direction. Was that the first time you you went in on them hard? or? Yeah, I, they're basically my new favourite band. I've <laughs> only, only lately got into them. It may be just some now reaching, a, I've matured into an age where I can enjoy this kind of solemn, gothic metal, whereas before it... it maybe was a bit slow for me i've matured into an age where i can enjoy it and that last album they did i haven't stopped listening to that i really really like that last album i think it's called uh, the fall of hearts and um, what i love about it's not just that gothic metal sound that they've got but they have brought in more progressive elements and hearing interviews and reading they've clearly got influences from bands like tall and perfect circle a couple of my favorite bands so yeah they're I, as I say, my new favourite band. Great, delighted to hear. I first got into Catatonia uh, around Viva Emptiness, their album, in 2003, and then I worked my way backwards. If you listen to their debut, Dance of December Souls, that is really a, a brilliant record. It's 
it's not as they are now. That was in their death metal sort of phase, as it were, death melodic death metal. They changed out of that, and they are now. I call them a rock band. I don't know if you can class them as metal these days. They do have the metal, you know, the, the guitars and that, but there is no screaming on this. It's all clean singing, and it is wonderful. I uh, I absolutely love Catatonia. I'm dying to see them live now. Hopefully they get out on tour. Benny, what was your first when you first listened to this? When you went in trepidation, or were you this? You knew this was going to be a good album. I didn't know what to expect. I'm probably not such a long time fan as you, so I I haven't got such a deep background and knowledge on them. But certainly going on the basis of their last album, I I was I had a degree of well, can they follow this up or will they change up styles, which they've been known to do in the past. So. So yeah, there was a degree of well, is it going to be similarly good as the last album? And <laughs> I really like it. I, again, coming back, we're recording on Sunday, released on Friday. I think a band like Catatonia, you do need to really give a bit of time. It needs quite a few listens. You re- need to be in the right mood for it. Critically, I think this kind of very somber gothic, gothic sound isn't for everyone. But if there was ever a time for it. I think this time of coronavirus and self-isolation lends itself very nicely to this sound. Um, so, yeah, in short, I really like this uh, follow-up. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, same. I think it starts... Well, it, every Catatonia album album is slow to an extent, melodic, and this album, I think, anyone could listen to this, really, even if you didn't like metal, because there's no screaming on it, that is really appetising for who maybe... You know, it's a classic thing. Oh, how can you listen to that music when it, when all they do is shout? Well, put Catatonia on and then come back and we'll have the discussion. Like, because the music for Catatonia is absolutely world class. It is so good. The drumming on this album, I have, um, there's some, one song, sorry, uh, the fourth track, Rain. The drum patterns on it are fucking outstanding. And, and the guitars as well. <clears throat> That's not such a well polished album. Now, I'm a big fan of Catatonia so I'm going to be enthusiastic about this but it really is that good and to come back from hiatus to record something like this is really exciting and big shout out as well for the vocals on this album the the album opens with these the kind of the very somber vocals and of Jonas Renske and well said and if if you I think you can immediately say whether you're going to like the album or not on the basis of hearing his vocal. And I agree, it's very melodic. I think he's got an amazing voice. Mm. And I instantly, I, I love I love his voice. But when you said you could put it on to anyone, even non-metal fans, I agree with that. The only thing I would say, this is, whilst it's not heavy in the traditional sense, it's got no harsh vocals on, it's got no real extreme kind of double bass or anything else. I would say it's very dark music and like I say I think you have to some people switch on music and want to listen to pop music or something that's going to lift their spirits this may may do the opposite to be honest but for me that opening track heart sets the divide it opens with his what I think is a beautiful vocal and the synths come in then the guitars come in I think you can instantly tell whether you're going to like the album or not from that but yeah I'm convert as you've heard i think uh i like everything about them fantastic i think the second track for me behind the blood is the the standout track for me on this album solo intro then a really hooky riff and as you said jonas his vocal range is absolutely and this i had as well could be another one of my song of the year contender it's that good having got very recently into uh, catatonia i've been down the rabbit hole in terms of reading all i can about them watching uh they've got a really good documentary online the documentary is called last fair day gone night and um it's not not the most dynamic of uh of films much like the bands but it, it goes into their history goes through their stylistic changes they've been they've had a, a number of ups and downs they've had a lot of in and outs in terms of band members i think really it, it comes down to the two main members which is which is the singer Jonas Renski and the guitarist Jonas Nystrom uh, or Anders. So it, it, those two are the main guys in it. And I think, like you said, the guitar work on this brilliant. It's quite subtle, but on that second track, like you mentioned, it opens with this squalling lead. And I think a few times in the album there are some ripping solos, which are quite 
tactfully and artfully done they're not they're not crass or crude in any yeah i think ripping was probably i i've used the word luscious a lot when i was listening to sound because it is absolutely it's it's beautiful it's like, you know it, is. it really is beautiful it is. Um, and the sound the sound is pristine we'll probably talk about the production but i think they've nailed it i think oh. again going back to this documentary they've had problems with albums where with their production um and where they've, they've maybe not quite conveyed the sound, whereas this, the last album they put out and this one, I think the sound is dead on, especially for them, where they have cultivated this very luscious sound, like you've said. It's, they've got the production dead on now this far into career. Yeah, and important there, luscious, not polished. It's it really a lush album. I listened to it this morning in bed when I woke up. Birds were chirping, and I was led there just absorbing this this wonderful sound it really is such a lovely album it's there i think it's better than a lot of the stuff they've done previous i think they've really yeah. bands and i think the hiatus is probably in a good way giving them a lot more uh, energy to get back into this now and long may it continue hopefully you grow from strength because they are a great band i'd encourage anyone to give this album and if you like this maybe go back onto their earlier stuff because there are some absolute gems in there from catatonia i mean to pick pick out a couple more of the tracks i mean we could talk in de- detail about all of them but i think um lacquer is a really great track it reminded me of ulva's uh, latest album the assassination of julius caesar in the way it had those synthy o- overlays which again might not be for everyone and if you were i don't want to speak out of turn but sometimes i wouldn't associate you with with liking that necessarily so to hear you uh, being so positive about it is great and um i love the track called vanishes and that oh, features the female vote on this yeah oh. Fe- so it's uh, i'll try and pronounce it correctly but the female vocalist called annie bernhardt who is from keys of the sea and it's absolute the the ju- it's, it's essentially a duet and yeah. they've both got such honeyed wistful vocal line it just I, that song is beautiful i think it's an amazing track i have it as majestic that track yes yes it's my adjective for that and and you mentioned it already but rain which comes a bit earlier in the album that that is a if you were to put in inverted commas that is their heavier track um, but really kicks along and it's got nice double kick drum in that it's quite punchy so yeah i think it's it's got it's got everything this album and like i say we've only had it since friday i've only listened to it five or six times (laughs) this is an album yeah (laughs) this is an album that could continue to grow on me and going back to that uh, earlier listeners question this is definitely an album that you could listen to in bed at night this is absolutely glorious yeah and i the closing track fighters for me is another really good i wasn't expecting it when it came in it starts off really heavy i was like yeah it's another metal band but they do it so well and the chorus is just so good love i think i'm gonna play fighters for a long time that track on it i'm gonna make a playlist called fighters and just have fighters on it and press repeat on (laughs) (laughs) you can't just press repeat on the track (laughs) that also works technology hence why we're on our instagram account (laughs) um yeah, sorry. So we're gonna. We're time is ticking. Venny, is this a metal album? For you? Uh, yes and no. It's a it's a prog rock album. It's a rock album. It's a gothic album. Goth out. It's but you, you're right. It's not. It's not going to be the heaviest thing we cover. But it doesn't make it any less good. I I think this is the most accessible album we've had on this show. So I think it. Please give it a listen. If you're listening to this, give Catatonia a listen. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised. Benny, what are you giving this? I am giving this another 8 out of 10, but this very much comes with the caveat that that could go up over the course of the year. And this will be an album that grows on me, and it would very much not surprise me to be uh, in the albums of the year list. There's no danger this will not be in my album of the year list. This is a solid 9. Good. It's it's that good. It's blown me away. Um, Pleasantly took me by surprise. You know, there's always that trepidation of a band coming back from hiatus. They still have it, and the answer to that is absolutely yes. Um, for fans of then, so I've got Paradise Lost and My Dying Bride, those early '90s British Gothic metal bands, um, which clearly have had a heavy influence on Catatonia, and they've toured with each other. Opeth, 
as well in some of the you know, more recent output. I put Ulva in there as well as a similar band who have from Scandinavia and started in a more extreme fashion of, and have gone on to different pastures. Anything you'd add? No, you've touched on that. Um, I would also add in their tr- band Dark Tranquility, um, another Swedish band who, uh, another one you should check out if you haven't. There, Yeah, you touched on Opeth to an extent. Mikko actually sung on their views on Brave Murder Day because Jonas couldn't uh, do the death metal vocal, so they brought in Mikko himself, which is uh, a nod, being a big Opeth fan. I doff my cap. Uh, yeah, it's a niner for me, Ben. Definitely. All good. So that is Catatonia City Burials. Check them out on all, uh, streaming platform. Whew, take a breath a minute. Okay, we're going on to our third album view. It's an EP. This is by a band called Malevolence and the other side. These are metalcore slash shavcore band and Venny. Venny pushed this on to me. Venny, go on. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one, if you will. I, I think Malevolence are a great band. They come from that school of hardcore in the vein of hate breeds or what have you, not blues, a more modern reference. But I feel they bring in so much more. Their guitarist Conan, who's also one of the second singer, he's got great riffs and they're very much metallic or heavy metal riffs. And to, they also draw from this kind of southern states of america sound which bands like down and crowbar i hate gods have uh, that kind of swampy sludgy sound so what i think they do brilliantly is combine all of those things and are as as a result much more of an interesting band and what goes beautifully with it is their image which like you've alluded to they are known as a chavcore band and if you look at them they look like they're going to be more troubling your, your the park bench or a corner shop rather than uh, a heavy metal stage um, and to look at them as a, you know they do not look like a metal band but that adds to the appeal for me they're uh, yeah they're one of a kind I, I would just point there as well on this never judge a book by its cover because I've I've touched on it's not really my genre this if I'm being brutally honest, I'd go to Hatebreed, Knocked Loose, then go to this sort of style, but I have to admit, Never Judge Book by its cover, because this has totally blown me away, this EP. Well done. Well bloody played, um, Malevolent. You have a new fan here. The the first tune, I'm just going to quickly go over mine, Venny, because you're, you're more well-versed in it, but the first track is proper bouncy Hatebreed, like you touched on. The second track, I'd put here, Hatebreed, would be proud of that as a track. But it's the third track, the the other side, which totally took me by surprise because I was expecting it to follow the same vein of right three tracks, boom, here's your hardcore, we're done. This is in incredible. This track, I absolutely adore this, and that is, I can't believe this band have created such a good track. It, uh, oh, sorry, I'm blabbing now, but Venny. No, no, are you? You're spot on, and I'm so happy to hear you being so uh, positive about it because this is kind of one of these bands that I have always I've liked since their first album, and what I've loved about them, all the things you've said, the way they combine hardcore as well as more traditional metal elements. This, like I've said, the Southern States of America elements, even though they're from Sheffield, UK, and I think they blend everything really well. They're they're wildly creative, and I think they're just not given the credit. Maybe that is sadly because of the way they look. They look like chavs, and so no one gives them the time of day. They're not beautifully polished like their Sheffield contemporaries, like uh, Bring Me the Horizon or Welsh Asleep. Um, so, so, so yeah, they're not beautiful. They haven't got their beautifully manicured hair or tattoos, and uh, as such, maybe not given the time of day. So yeah, I would just a, it's a three-track EP. It's not long. You can you you're in and out in no time. And the three tracks, the beauty of it is that the three tracks are quite different. Yeah. And that's what means it's quite a nice listening experience. And the first track, Remain Unbeaten, is pretty standard malevolence. They've got great riffs as always. Is on top of the hardcore that you've got that metallic riff. Excellent guitar lead from Conan, like I've said. They've got their dual singing, which again is their trademark. They've got pretty cool, if you've not seen it, they've got really cool music video and visuals to go along with this EP, which they shot 
out in Japan, literally just before coronavirus um, took hold, and they're all they've got these masks on, and it's all oddly pre-sentient about what's about to happen to it. So um, shout out to the visuals as well for that track. The second one, Keep Your Distance, that features Brian from Knock Loose, who absolutely steams into this track. It absolutely piles in like a, like a train wreck, and um, it's brilliant. Some of the video for that was actually shot in Glasgow when we when a good mate and Marty went to see them. They were on tour together with Knock Loose for their last tour, and some of that track was shot there. I think that's a brilliant, brilliant, really quick track. And you've already alluded to the last track, which will catch a lot of people on guard. But is got that soulful southern metal style, like you have bands like Pantera and Crowbar, and um, it it's not new for them. I I sent you offline. I sent you a track from their first album called Turn to Stone, which is similar, and they have got this this ability to go into this other style, which is much more grand and uh, much more circuitous, um, but is no less brilliant. So so that's that's the three tracks. All brilliant tracks and um, absolutely well played, really well played, lads. Malevolence, new fan. Can, can I just? I know time's ticking, but I just wanted to tell my favourite story about Malevolence that comes from Download Festival and just relates to their raucous live show. There were there were three of us who went into the tent to see Malevolence on the, the third or fourth stage. Our good friends Moose and Bob's came with me to watch them. Now I warned them beforehand how how lary it might get. Anyway, we'd had a few beers at this point. The sun was out and uh, got into the mosh pit, which for uh, 30, mid-30s guys is a rare event these days yes. in our wellies. And um, it all got a bit out of hand in the mosh pit. Bob's, who was wearing wellies, which is ideally you'd need some steel toe cap boots, got his foot stamped <laughs> on, broke his toe in the mosh pit. And Moose, who was in that slightly inebriated phase, got pushed from behind and uh, just didn't even put his arms out to stop him, but just fell into my back and cracked his nose open. There's blood everywhere. I was wearing my a white architect's T-shirt, which had blood all down. <laughs> so we came out there. Moose, broken nose. Bob's, broken toe. Me, thankfully, I'm unscathed, but blood all, the, all down my T-shirt. Looked like I'd been in the wars. And uh, both, both of them needed a trip to A&E after download. So, uh, yeah, shout out to the, the Malevolence live show. For, yeah, uh, that's not to put anyone off as well, Ben. You make us all <laughs> Check them out. I, I, I got them, I didn't see them uh, at download. Because if they put out this this uh music this good uh, i'm really really pleased you said this one. as i said i was very don't judge a book by its cover uh i'm gonna quickly throw it, this is an eight for me ben same solid same. Eight. um for fans it's of- an ep so it's a bit it's a you know it's a short thing so um but yeah eight out of ten fans of mentioned a lot already okay yeah. you know hate breeds um not loose down crowbar i hate gods and even just gonna talk about a band which I think performs a nice juxtaposition, but I'll hand that over to you. Yes, thanks, mate. Okay, we are going on to our deep cuts number five, and it is by Corby's finest export, Raging Speedhorn, and their self titled, which was released in the year 2000, Venny, during the new metal phase, which we were a big part of. We grew up around this. Oh. From one band, Malevolence with two singers, to Raging Speedhorn with two singers. Oh, how how much uh, did, did this album take you back on when you push play then? It's a beautiful thing. I've not listened to this album in, it, in the full version for a long time, for many years probably. And so it's such a treat to, to go down memory lane. And, you know, Malevolence from Sheffield, you've got Raging Speedhorn from Corby, just like an hour hour and a half down the road both got pretty fearsome imagery that both could be classed in the chavcore movement and so i think it provides such a nice nice juxtaposition in our reviews to yes absolutely rage and speedhorn um as we said they they were the first band metal band i saw live at ozfest in 2001 
uh, they opened up the main stage. It was the main stage, wasn't it? First it was. Then, and on your point, saying malevolence <clears throat> was brutal. The Rage of Speed Hall one was absolutely... And I remember it's a baking hot day, and I pushed play on this, and it took me back. Oh, the memories. They're, they're not... From, from, from the new metal, as we touched on, they're not new metal as in, like, your corns or your slipknot or your mud veins, are they, Ben? They came at, at the time of new metal, but they're in no way a new metal band, I would say. They they were just in that time. They've, they've got much... They've got very different in, influences in a sound to new metal, but they just potentially are a bit lumped in with that because of the time that they came out. Yeah, and... They, I, I don't class these as new metal, to be honest. You touched on, the, they're, they're very sludgy. But at the same time, if you listen to, well, the opening track anyway, Super Scrub, is is a great opener. It's the dis- distorted riffs, it, that just straight away. And then when you get later on in the album, there, that's when you start hearing the sludgier track three, Knives and Faces, that's when you sort of hear the sludge come out in the... Yeah, yeah. They're a, they're a sludge band, they're a doom band. They've got influences from people like Iron Monkey. We'll talk about some of the fans of later, but yeah, the the I would it was just a similar time frame that they came out. Yeah. Now the interesting thing is we talk about the new metal and you had your Slipknots coming out and they were big. They were hitting the charts, Corn, etc. This band from Corby, you know, they're six five or six piece anyway, relatively underground, you would say. They had they they charted in the UK singles chart with the gush. Incredible. It is literally unbelievable when you think of it now. And we all, when we were kids, we loved this band. And uh, so much all so of us. Your band, your local band that you were in, covered them. Yeah, I wanted to, I will talk about that later, but that's very much when we're on the topic of the gush. That, that was our, we did a cover version of that, and I was on bass, and the gush has a very characteristic noodling bass line that carries on throughout the song. That as a terrible bassist, I did no justice to him, would frequently fuck up. But uh, we loved it. We loved that. We loved that band. Can I just make a quick point while just going off topic a little bit? A bit of trivia for the listeners out there. When we were looking at the podcast names, I put forward the gush as a name. And when he came back to me, he put it to his wife, and she said, no, it sounds like a disgusting porno movie title. <laughs> so that's why it was vetoed. It's vetoed. And I'm gutted. I might start up another yeah. podcast called The Gush. <laughs> Just <laughs> talk about Speedhorn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, anyway. My response to The Gush was to call it Scraping the Resin as well would be uh, another Speedhorn title. It should be a great uh, podcast title. Absolutely. Uh, but again, didn't quite make the cut. No. <laughs> Heavy matters. We're stuck with it now. Anyway, sorry, going back to it. Um, yeah, Venny, do you have that audio recording of you doing the gush? But massacring um... the gush. Massacring the gush sounds even worse. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, fucking hell, stop. Right, okay, let's get back to it. Uh, Rage and Speedhorn. Yeah, sorry, the fact that the gush charted. And I remember going into HMV or MVC and seeing the single, I think, it was a, a car on the front, was it? A red car. Yeah. I remember very much as the the suggester of this album from uh, Melbourne, Australia. He, Will, had this T-shirt. I remember it very distinctly, that red car. And um, my, also, my recollection is the gush wasn't included on the original version of this album. I, I think, I think it right. was only, I think it was re-released as an additional track after it was wildly popular. It's just... You can't even think about now an underground band like say Malevolence or a similar size and similar kind of you know underground status charting in the UK singles chart, which at that time was very much like you know it wasn't down to streams or whatnot. It was who went out and bought the single. It was it's unheard of and unbelievable. And that goes to show how good this band are because I completely forgot and. I, I said I saw them first at Ozfest. I then saw them in Dublin. I mean, they were playing less than 100 people, and they still had that raw energy. Frank had rejoined the band. I was right up the front, and it just took me back. And going from opening Ozfest, playing that, but still having the same enthusiasm was so good. Yeah. And this album really has... I think there are a couple of Ming tracks, we call them, which I, I <laughs> take or leave. Um 
but there's so many good tracks in it. and what's good about it is there are sludgy tracks on talk about knives and faces the big um sludgy one for me is death row dogs that's when it gets that's a seven yeah. sludger however they have tracks like super scud the gush high whore that keep me interested because sludge isn't my forte as it were but i think as an album as a whole for a metal fan is right up my just going back to click and play on this album after all these years and it kicks off with super scud which like you said is a great track i was taken aback by well put it this way i remember it being a lot faster when i put it on i was surprised how slow the tracks were from my in my mind's eye i've got them as being this really fast dangerous band that come out of the traps at a thousand miles an hour but it's actually quite a slow slow album and maybe that's because the years have passed and things have just in terms of natural evolution of things we've got faster as times have gone on but yeah not that's that's one of the, the overriding mem- memories i had of it and that's what slightly surprised me at push and pay it doesn't take away from the tracks being absolutely fantastic like you said super scud is such a great great track to open off with it's got that double vocal style Frank and John, which um, you've alluded. Redweed comes in after that, which again, they, they've clearly got uh, not only sludge, but doomy influence, Black Sabbath kind of riffs on the background of very fast music with uh, the shout out of the, the lyrics calling out to Lucifer. I just, uh, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Band. And then the Knives and Faces, like you've said, which features uh, Bloody Kev, who used to be in Helvis, and then actually later join the band as a second singer on their third or fourth release then mandan one of their faster and like you say it's a great track and um this album is for me one that we'll talk about each of the tracks but one of those albums where there's very few tracks that drop off it i think each track is a is a great track in its own right and they're all slightly different got slightly different flavor to well Let's talk about the tracks. We've talked about Super Scud, Redweed, Noise Faces, Mandan. Let's go with Random Acts of Violence. Slow opening with the feedback. I yeah. how unpolished this band are as well. Like, just putting feedback on an album. Fucking absolute. Yeah, absolutely squalling free feedback going into this very much a Black Sabbath style riff, um, which, which, like I say, shows them as having quite a doomy influence and uh then the gruesome vocals over the top when they kick in they're absolutely blood curdling they are and credit that's where the dual vocalist pays off i think i think with one singer would it have been the same maybe especially when we talk of the likes of thumper the next track where there's that dueling double vocal style thumper is such a good track proper nostalgic probably sitting on the the bus going to Spain was <laughs> where it comes. <laughs> Thumper, I mean, it's their hit, isn't it? Along with the gush, Thumper is their hit. And uh, it's an immortal riff. It's their trademark sound. It's very simple, but very effective. And you've got that vocal sparring. But it, I mean, if you were to summarise Raging Speedhorn in one track, I would give them Thumper. Um, it, yeah. It, what, what I like about it is the midway through the riff subtly changes it almost gets flipped on its head it's a technique i think speedhorn have employed a, a few times over the years as it, well that, as that bass, the, the lyrics at the end it's the bass bit halfway through isn't it like the bass solo and then the riff kicks in yeah thumper yeah great track and then <laughs> i'm gonna let the next track name is my favorite on the, the album necrophilia glue sniffer i wonder <laughs> what it's waiting for that <laughs> the, it's pretty well a super aggro song title but um, again, I love the the refrain on the the lyrics of "Take Take Me Away Far Away." I just some of the lyrics on this album are brilliant and speak to that very kind of downtrodden underground beer and drug soaked uh, environment that they came through. And uh, yeah, I think it's brilliant. The next track also a oh. favourite song title for me of "Dungeon Wicket." Which sometimes, as a not a huge dog person, I sometimes uh, <laughs> call dogs uh, dungeon wickets. So not a fan. Of <laughs> not your dog, of course. Yeah, yeah. Learn something new. Every day. <laughs> um, this is quite a groovy track, Dungeon Whippet. Yeah, it's more of a standard rock riff. To yeah, it, isn't yeah. It? I've got that. Yeah, the hooks on it as well. Um, then Death Row Dogs is. 
it's one of my favorites on the album i think it just it brings you back down to it's a long track as well isn't it it's about yeah. seven minutes. i i forgot about this track until listening to it again i uh, because it comes towards the end of the album but yeah it's very it's it's a slow sludgy number seven minutes long like you say um it's it, yeah it's, it's uh, crowbar for me all over this <laughs> song yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very sure. and then it gets into probably another one of their their hits high hall yeah surprisingly <laughs> yeah for another great great name i i love this song i love the riff on it the drums then they isolate the riff i think about halfway through the song and but actually it starts off frantic and then it gets very doomy yeah i've that's what that's the exact word i've written in my notes it's doomy <laughs> and again when i think of high hall i that song's so familiar to me I never think it's seven minutes again, which is not something that it's really surprised me. Yeah, I hundred percent. And it's only when you said it then that I thought I thought this album was a very quick bang 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 metal album, get out of the way. But actually, it's forty three minutes long, but it's forty three great minutes, and I've loved. <laughs> I listened to this about four or five times. Mister Watson, Australia, thank you for the suggestion because this is really it. Really, when I first put it on, and then do you know when you're like you're you're when we're not reviewing albums, you've got that free time to listen to stuff. I was like, what will I put on? Kept going back to this. The wife didn't like it now. This was a <laughs> this was a, a dinner table mood killer then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I always now. One, on how highly I rate him. And two, on how the wife takes it while we're having dinner. <laughs> I can imagine. As I say, this is, when I think of Speedhorn, I think of, like, lager soaked carpets in a dingy sweaty club gets a bit aggro in the crowd i've i've got i've written down all the times over the years that i've seen speed and very much ozfest 2001 in my notes i've written that i seem to remember it was the first time you got in the pit and that was a brilliant show i saw them in wembley and tattoo the planet in 2001 the rescheduled date for that i saw them in, when i was in norwich supporting el nino do you remember oh, that? Great new metal band. Yeah, which again, a bit of an odd fit as uh, Bedfellows. But uh, yeah, I remember essentially just going to see Speedhorn. And uh, at the end of the gig outside the Norwich waterfront, there was the usual, uh, five pound your t-shirts, ten of yours. Selling some uh, knockoff Speedhorn merchandise. Which uh, And then I remember the band busting out the backstage area being furious about these touts selling their knockoff merch and like getting some cans of special brew and shaking them up and spraying them yeah that's a classic memory i have of them then i remember 2003 seeing them at download in that big they don't have it anymore but they had this like big plane hanger building just near to the racetrack oh, yes and i remember that being a pretty raucous show and then what most recently in sonosphere 2014 they reformed, and that's probably a similar time to when you saw them with Frank in Dublin. Yeah. And uh, again, it was very sad to see about the tent at Sonosphere being about a third full, but us boy, old boys going at it properly with the Nemoistra <laughs> having a whale of a time. They, they've toured with some pretty big bands as well. Credit to themselves, um, Earthtone 9. Who are actually yeah. going to come back? Uh, Arc Tangent, I believe, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Will Haven. Remember Kitty? Yeah. They've, I'm just looking at Biohazard, Mudvate, Slipknot. They're fucking. Yeah. I can I can remember the Slipknot tour. Um, oh, they supported them. 2001, so I assume it's part of the Ozfest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tattoo the Planet was a big thing. That that was in Wembley Arena and. My memory is hazy memories it's so long ago, but I remember it being pretty full at that time seeing them. So, uh, yeah, they played on some amazing stages. Like, what, Slayer, Biohazard, Starbucks, yeah. Grey of Filth. Yeah, all of the above. Defenestration played it, it below them, I think. Yeah. It was obviously the rescheduled date after 9-11 and Pantera and be playing, but didn't come back over for it. So Slayer headlined it. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. But yeah, no, like credit to this band because we talk about hardworking bands and absolute. I mean, a fall from grace going from Ozfest Open, like we said, to playing small shows. But look, 
this album, I had a few texts from people um, who've listened to the show then, uh, a couple of lads from Dublin have been like, oh, Raging Speedhorn, I, I completely forgot about that album, I can't wait. So it has a big effect on people, and dig it out if you have it, or put it on Spotify, wherever you have it. I think I have this on CD. Um, I used to, must be sure. Fortune now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this album is really great, coming back to the it is a really great album. Uh, granted, it will not be for every metal fan. <laughs> there are times like Death Row Dogs, for example, is a challenging track. It does drag on a little bit, but I think as an overall metal package for me personally and for you, and actually probably a lot of people our age then who grew up around this, this would be a massive, massive album to throw back on now. And like you said, get open a couple of cans of special brew, <laughs> get some Lambert and Butler, light up, and just sit <laughs> the place up. That... <laughs> trash your trash your living room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anything to add before we... Yeah, I mean, I've just got for fans of, you know, they were clearly heavily influenced by Iron Monkey, who were their UK sludge forebearers. What I wanted to give a shout out to is there's a lot of great UK bands around at that time who, for whatever reason, never saw the light of day or never really got the credit they were due. You may remember a few of these, Stamping Grounds, more of UK hardcore, brilliant first album murder one which i think was an offshoot that john lockton from speedhorn went into i've got charger in particular their their 2001 uh, ep called fuzz bastards was an absolutely brilliant brilliant ep one dice from bristol again and put out an amazing ep snub from our, our hometown bournemouth were brilliant and gutworm who were from a similar area in northamptonshire to uh to Speedhorn put out an amazing album called Ruin the Memory. All of them at a similar time at the turn of the millennium, all of them, you know, never really saw the light of day, but all of them in their own way were brilliant, brilliant bands, which for me, going from Speedhorn, I dug out a few of these other old nostalgic picks and was lovely to uh, lovely to go down memory lane. Good shout out to those um, local underground bands. And I think I just want to go for more of the, the mass appeal for people who may not have heard of Speed On. Of course. If you're a fan of, of you know, I mentioned Crowbar, Corrosion Conformity, Down, those this this album will definitely appeal to you as well. So go check it out. I really enjoyed going back on this, Ben, and I've loved talking about it. Yeah. My hand yeah. is gone. Good shout. Finish my IPA, I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, Ben. Have you anything to add? No? No, good show. Good, good week of releases. I yeah. think the only other thing I'd shout out, there's a couple of albums that we released this week which we didn't get to review may see may see the light day again on the pod ulcerate put out an album elephant tree elder have put out an album so all all good stuff released this week and it's uh it's been challenging to listen to yeah i haven't had time really to listen to any of that so i i will now have my freedom back to listen to a new one uh sorry some some new music cool well look we'll, we'll put out on the social media what our shows will consist of next week once we've worked out the logistics Benny is off parental lockdown now so he's back working good man good uh so we'll have a talk about that follow us twitter at heavy matters and instagram heavy underscore matters give us a tweet give us a reshout retweet whatever see i don't know i'm not down <laughs> but look until next week thanks for joining us and i'll see you soon Benny. i'll talk to you later mate cheers man peace out